All right, Stuart Dawson, thanks for being here. Oh, well, I'm here. After all this time, I kept you waiting two different times. He's the most elusive <laughs> podcast guest in laying it on thick history. Yeah. Only because I forgot. He's like the Sasquatch, you know. Yeah, it's okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the thing is we'll be here every Wednesday anyway. So you just pop on in and uh, you brought a little friend with you today. Huh? Yeah, this is uh, Little Monkey. Say hi, Little Monkey. Hi. <laughs> little but Monkey. Where's the, but where's the camera? I want the camera. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't get a camera today. This is just this is just a podcast. It's just audio. Well, shit. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Little I told you that he doesn't have a potty mouth. He's a bit of a he's a bit of a diva, little monkey. He's little a, monkey is a little monkey. It, just for those who don't know, yeah. you can find him on YouTube, but it's not that easy to find him on YouTube. Uh, but you can. And he's got dozens of YouTube videos that uh, he's a little stuffed monkey. Oh. He doesn't eat. He doesn't shit. He doesn't, <laughs> he, doesn't, uh, he doesn't get sick. He's the perfect friend. And when I don't want him to, he doesn't complain. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes you want him to? Well, that's, that's up to the, to the scene at hand. So if people wanted to find Little Monkey, do, uh, do you have any tips for him? Yes, they have to go to YouTube, and then they have to go to Jeff... Hudson, and Jeff Hudson has a picture of himself on there with a with a jacket pulled up over his head. So that's how you recognize which Jeff Hudson you want. And few. then you go to Jeff Hudson, and you will find thousands of videos of that little he's monkey. Done. No, yeah. oh, okay. no. And then you have to scroll through them, through them until you find a little monkey. Oh, well, we'll, <laughs> I'll find them, and I'll link yeah, to yeah. a couple of videos uh, when we when we share the podcast. Oh yeah. Definitely. But uh, so you are longtime affiliated with the American Folklore Theater. Uh, kind of, yeah, kind of, kind of, pretty much 20, 26, seven years. Well, you can't really include the last two summers. Yeah, yeah of course. Because yeah. that was a bust. Yeah, totally. It was certainly a bust for me. <laughs> They're in production right now, but it doesn't include me. So, yeah, so I'm out for another summer. And uh, what do you what do you do over there when when you're in? I am they well they call me the head carpenter. Okay. But I'm the only carpenter. <laughs> so I wish that's what they would call me. Yeah, yeah. I don't they list me in the playbill. I I don't, you know, the people the people come to read those things they does anybody actually read those things? <laughs> I mean, I, I think yeah. I do. I yeah, always I I mean, flip to. through them I, as I I'm I mean, if they flip the past me just because it says it's a head carpenter, then they will miss my bio, which is usually, the, the I think, the more humorous of all the bios in the playbill. But oh. I figure, I, you know, I don't need to be serious because who's going to read anything about a head carpenter? <laughs> so you write, your own, you write your own bio for Oh, yeah. And yeah. Uh, can you give us some examples of... Of, uh, well, let's see. I talked about being a penguin wrangler once, <laughs> which is a forte. And, uh, you know, and I try to call, instead of being head carpenter, I'd rather be listed as something else. And I give them suggestions every year. They used to do it, but they're, now they're all serious. Uh, and they won't do it anymore. Oh. But I was a bench warmer one summer. <laughs> I was a water boy one summer. <laughs> You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, I love that. You got to screw around a little bit. So I build scenery. I build props. That's what I do. Awesome. 
And then you're also kind of involved with the fish stock stuff around. I do lighting for fish stock. Been doing that ever since fish stock started. And so you, you were, were you working for or working with the folklore theater when fish stock got underway? Because I know we talked to Dave and Steve and they said, you know, that that's kind of. Well, no, they were they would the come over and, they're, and they're rehearse called, over They're here. called Northern Sky Theater yeah, now. But when they were American Folklore Theater, they pretty much kicked that off in about 91 or 92. Okay. And I started with them in 95. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then Fishstock started at just about the same time. Same mm-hmm. time you got around there. And uh, we I did. I was busy once. <laughs> <laughs> You're not so busy these days? No, I'm not so busy. Yeah, is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, I'm, I turned my house over here into an Airbnb. Uh, so now I spend my working days washing sheets and scrubbing floors. Yeah. <laughs> is it everything not you hope to do? Not very glamorous. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, you know, too I thought, happy go, about it. I thought going into show business was going to be really glamorous. And <laughs> then I found myself crawling around in a pile of sawdust. And it's still not... It's just... Excepting, you know, if you work at it, you get to meet actresses oh, yeah. and stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, were, you were part of a, a great thing, man. AFT back in the day was was pretty Oh, I watched them grow. Yeah. I watched them grow huge, huge. I, I, I actually... Don't let them hear this, but I actually, <laughs> I actually call them Biggie Pants Theater now. Biggie Pants? <laughs> Biggie Pants, yeah, because they got big. They got, uh, they got yeah. big. And yeah, yeah. yeah, they got a nice theater. That theater is really nice. Uh-huh. I haven't, uh, haven't been I'll in tell there. Tell you what, but the sound in there is fantastic. Yeah. You crank up that system and that'll blow you away. Yeah, yeah. It's very nice. There's, there's flaws. There's big theatrical yeah. flaws in that space that I've noticed. But I'm just a carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> so what do I know? <laughs> I've only been in the business for 55 years. Yeah. Really? How'd you start? Oh, gosh. In the theater business? Mm-hmm. I started when I was six. Okay. Uh, in what capacity? Uh, I, I played Frosty the Snowman in the, <laughs> in the Christmas pageant. I was the star of the show. Awesome. Right? Damn. And uh, my, mom, my mom made me this cute little outfit that consisted of a sheet over my head <laughs> with two holes in it for my eyes and then a scarf around the neck and a belt and a pillow and a belt around the waist to hold the pillow in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I don't remember ever... I had, I had things I was supposed to say, lines, yeah. but I, yeah. I don't remember ever, you know, recalling any of those... But I walked out on stage And as soon as I got out there My belt came loose And the pillow started to slip And so so now I'm pushing the pillow back up With my one hand And in the process my eye holes got pulled down And I couldn't see where I was going So I'm holding my eye holes up with one hand And pushing the pillow up with the other (laughs) And I immediately became the uh, laughing stock of the program So I turned right around and walked off stage And said, screw this business I'm not going to do this (laughs) But I do remember looking up and seeing these giant black drapes hanging there that I could hide behind, and that was perfect. So that's what I did. Oh, that's ruined any acting Man. career I might have. 
I mean, then, that's a tough first gig, then, man. Then when I was 11, I built, I turned my, my folks' garage into a theater, used all my mother's nice white sheets. <laughs> I made a working curtain. Nice. I had sort of stage lighting, and I wrote my own play, directed my own play. I had to, and I started my own play because I had to. If I used the other kids in the neighborhood, there wouldn't be an audience. So, <laughs> right? Fair enough, yeah. You have so to, anyway, yeah, that's, you have how, to that's sort of how it all got started. Wow, that's awesome. And then, so you've been just behind, the, and first of all, I do want to ask, do you remember what that play was was about? That, when the you play were I wrote? Yeah. It was called That Son of Mine. And I really don't know what it was about. <laughs> Just nonsense. Yeah. I, I was mean, 11 years old. I yeah, mean, we all get our start somewhere. I remember writing songs when I was like 12. It would make no sense to anybody now, but you're just getting your legs trying to figure it out. Well, I was 11, well, so it was nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did use rear projection, though. They, My mom thought that was totally amazing. Yeah, I had a rear projection thing, so I was my shadow was projected on the... Oh, on, yeah. on, on the sheet in front of me. That's like pretty high end uh, effects. You and there was only one performance. And that was the it. kids came and paid a nickel and got p- free popcorn. Nice. That's a pretty good deal. I'd go. Well, <laughs> I think I think maybe five children showed up. <laughs> no, it is funny that that reminds me of like I wasn't destined to be Mister Rogers or anything. <laughs> Uh, being uh, a young musician, like playing in my parents' garage, you know, for like eight of our friends and getting the cops called on us because we were too terrible no, too and way noisy. too loud. Mm. <laughs> but you know, that's how you that's how you learn to do these things. It, 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 that's fun to hear. Um, so then, have, are, are, do you still write, or, or are you mostly just in the? Well, I've written a book actually, oh, and, yeah. and, and the book is in at a publisher in Minneapolis waiting for me to give them more money and i don't have any more money so the book is not on the back burner it's basically in deep freeze at this time Um, might be might be published posthumously (laughs) and then win the pulitzer prize for literature yeah of course (laughs) everybody will recognize your name after you're gone (laughs) um uh, what's the book about if you don't mind my asking uh that's really hard to explain. Okay. Is it like... It's kind of about a little kid named Alex growing up. And it it's split in in like two sections. Each chapter, each every other chapter is first person, and then every other chapter is third person. Okay. And I can't yeah. remember which, and I don't really know what prompted me to do this, but... Every other every other chapter, I think the Alex chapters are are capped with a uh, with a quote from the Bible. Okay. And right in the front of the book, I have a disclaimer. What's that? Well, that I'm not at all religious. I have <laughs> I have no God in my life. So <laughs> so you know you know it's almost pretentious. Okay. Using quotes from the Bible when you don't have faith or a belief. Well, you know, at that but point, it's just another book that has some good quotes. I wanted to make it clear yeah. that this was not a Christian book yeah, by yeah, any yeah, yeah. stretch of the imagination. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's I was 
as I was going to ask if it was fiction or nonfiction, but I'm guessing it's fiction. Well, they call it fiction. Yeah, of course, everybody draws from experience. They call it fiction, so that's fine. Whatever so, they want to call it, I don't care. Yeah. Have you thought of like doing like a Kickstarter or GoFundMe? Well, you know what? That's exactly what I should do. Yeah. Probably go Kickstarter. That's exactly what I should do, and it involves busyness on the computer, and I hate that. I'll help so, you. Uh, somebody else would have to kind of help me do that. Yeah, we can figure that out. And then we'll share it through so all the So at this point, in podcasts. fact, oh, in yeah. fact, I was going to do that at the beginning, and they said, no, it's better to do it when the book is ready to be printed because then it'll be fresh. Yeah. And so I did wait. And so when I get back together with them, that's exactly what they're going to suggest that I do, yeah, raise yeah. a little money. Yeah. But I have to find out how much money I need. I was going to say, yeah, we should figure that you out know, first. You I, know, I, I'd like to start out with 500 copies of the book mm -hmm. in hard copy. Yeah. And then they're, they also, you know, hand it over to Amazon and it goes on Amazon. Yeah, yeah. Like digital copies. So, yeah. 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 And print on demand. Print on demand also. And I don't know exactly how that works. but Yeah, I don't know how that works either. <laughs> I've never really dealt with book distributors. <laughs> Mm -hmm. or anything like that yeah. but I do know how Kickstarter works and we could certainly help you down well that that'd road. be great that'd yeah. be great I might just I might just see about getting into that got yeah. a brand new Mac laptop that my son got for me for my birthday awesome. real nice yeah. it's real nice excepting I've never been a Mac snob before, <laughs> and now I am. Yeah, now you can. Now, now you, you can won't really go bad. Now I'm kind of forced into it. He told me, in fact, when I left Albuquerque, he said, "You can only have this computer if you don't take your old one with you." <laughs> and I said, "Well, my old one has too much stuff on it that I need, so yeah, I have to have it." But now yeah. it turns itself off all the time. So yeah, we can't, we just it's hard to that. use. Anyway, anyway, so yeah, I'm 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 learning Mac now. It's not that difficult. No, no, it's just a little different from if you've been PC for your whole life. Been PC my whole life. Ooh, yeah, Macs are nice. They have their their good things and. I've been a P. Know. I've been PC ever since there was ENIAC. A what now? ENIAC. <laughs> that was like that was like some computer they built in the 1940s. Okay. A giant thing. It took, oh, yeah, it yeah, took yeah. up a whole house, you know, yeah. and it only did one thing. Like ad. <laughs> I know it's yeah. crazy to think about. Now all of us have computers in our pockets. Yeah. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. That are making us all sterile. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Do you think so? Well. I don't really have the chance to find out these days. So, <laughs> so but it's right there all the time. Yeah. Sending sending radio waves into my crotch. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't think about that enough. Like, Nobody does. Nobody does. You put it up it to your, your ear. Yeah. People yeah, are yeah. worried about brain cancer. Well, what's the difference? I mean, What's the difference between brain cancer and testicle cancer? It's all pretty awful. Yeah, that all right, sounds right. shitty to me. <laughs> yeah, no thanks. I was trying no. to use all three of those things. <laughs> my brain and my, my balls. But luckily, right, luckily, right. Th luckily, this smartphone I have doesn't get good reception up here. So I, when I come up here, I don't worry so much about uh, my stuff. Mine doesn't either. <laughs> yeah, that's so a good point. You, you, go, you go half the year up here, and then you go down south, southwest, yep, right? Yep. But, 
But lately, I've been lying in bed watching cowboy shows on TV, so I don't have my phone in my pocket. Yeah. You know, so. Gunsmoke. Yeah, Gunsmoke, uh, oh, Bonanza. Yeah. Oh, on Saturday, it's fantastic. I get Gunsmoke, I get Bonanza, I get uh, 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 Rawhide, <laughs> Have Gun, Will Travel, The Rifleman. <laughs> Rifleman, that's and, a uh, and and wanted dead or alive with Steve McQueen. Oh yeah, yeah. nice. It's a hell of a lot. Those are great shows. They're all great shows. <laughs> you know, or westerns. You can't beat that for good entertainment. No, not really. Old TV shows in general. Like I remember, after I first dropped out of college, my parents didn't never had cable, so like I'm living in their basement, and one of the only joys in my life was watching the original uh, Star Trek. Would come on oh, two gosh. episodes every night on Channel Twenty. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a great, it's a great oh, yeah. show. Like those, are, it, those are great. It 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 can be compelling even without any, even when the special effects are just ab- absolutely terrible. Like there oh, are no special they're effects. They're terrible. You know? It's only it's <laughs> terrible. It's only the, the, two the seasons. One right? The one that's really so. really bad is uh, Lost in Space. That oh, one. Yeah. That one is just awful. God. Danger, awful Will show. Robinson. <laughs> danger, danger. Warning. <laughs> That's what I love morning, about uh, morning danger danger. I just love that there's still those TV channels on like digital. Now it's digital, but you know like what would be considered non-cable analog TV that mm-hmm. just rerun all those old shows. Because yeah. Well, like me TV. Have you ever heard, have you ever heard of me TV? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, what, I that's what I watch. I yeah. got that over the air, so I don't pay for television. Um, and and Albuquerque, and up here I don't have TV at all. But in Albuquerque, I have a small antenna in my room right next to the yeah. TV, and I, and I get all the over-the-air channels, yep. and MeTV is one of them. And oh, it's great. Fun about that. At, at 8.30 in the evening, I get to watch Green Acres. That's, <laughs> that's my favorite show. That's my favorite show of all time. Easy. If you asked me, if you had a list of what's your favorite this, what's your favorite that, most of it would be a no-brainer. Okay. I'd come What's your favorite it. movie? Wizard of Oz. Oh. Ooh. What's your favorite food? Uh, my my plate of food. <laughs> it's something, it's something I make. Yeah. It's something I make, and it's easily, that's my favorite thing. Oh, it's a specific. Besides lobster tail, but I don't get lobster tail very often. Yeah, it's hard to come by between Albuquerque and Door County. Little Monkey had a, had a uh, cooking show. Oh yeah, where he attempted to make lobster thermidor, but <laughs> he blames me because I didn't get any of the ingredients he needed, including the lobster. Just All ex- he had was expected. a shrimp. <laughs> well, a monkey, can't you do your own shopping? So Jeez. no, he can't. No, he's, he's just, just a stuffed, stuffed animal. animal. Clearly, <laughs> he can't, Frank. <laughs> no, I just thought I'd try to engage him. He's just been sitting there staring I mean, me down. I mean, he, could go, with, he could go with me, but I don't know how I'd explain it to the cashier. I think you should do that. <laughs> just have him day. handing over the cash. <laughs> just do it once. Just once. Just once. Yeah, well, I'd, I'd have to have somebody filming it. Yeah, that's <laughs> what know, I was thinking. Some, That'd be a funny video. Somebody be following me around filming it. Yeah, yeah. Just I mean, I suppose I GoPro. could put a GoPro on my shopping cart, but it <laughs> <laughs> might work. That'd be some viral content. <laughs> this guy's having a monkey pay with one dollar. Well, you know, like each, you each know, people 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 wander through the store 
all the time talking to themselves. Yeah, <laughs> but they've exactly. got little tiny phones hooked to them, yes. their ears. Oh, yeah. So they're talking to somebody on the phone, and I that confused me for a long time. Why is <laughs> I talk to myself at home, which is sometimes not very safe. But <laughs> but when I hear people talking to themselves out out there, that's I, it was very strange until I realized what they were doing. Oh, it'll oh, still why get is, me. Why is everybody talking to themselves? It'll still get me. Like if I don't have headphones on when I'm back down in Chicago walking around the city, like I'll, you'll you'll think somebody's talking to you. You're like, oh hey, oh, and then you see like the little uh, AirPod in their ear. Yeah, yeah I'm right, right, like, right. Oh, you were right. talking to me. <laughs> so <laughs> then, <laughs> then I would, you know, I'd have to take it a step further because little monkey talks with a strange voice. Yeah. So if he was shopping. <laughs> I want that. I want that way up there. I can't reach it. So, you know, then then other people would probably start wondering. They might. Yeah. Especially if I had a GoPro hooked oh, to yeah. the front of the shopping cart. Little monkey drops the change as he's looking for the, the money to pay the cashier, you know, and then it's like, <laughs> oh, no. Big line of people behind you and... Like, no, with we, this guy. We That'd use, be awesome. We use a debit card. <laughs> debit card. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I almost spit out my beer. <laughs> little, little monkey's got a checking account, huh? Little monkey does not. <laughs> no way. I wouldn't trust him. I wouldn't trust uh, him. Yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> what would he spend his money on? Little monkey, nothing. He doesn't. He doesn't, he doesn't, doesn't eat, eat anything. anything. <laughs> he just said he doesn't eat. Yeah. He doesn't poop. He, he can know. cook, but he can't eat. So it's you know. That's like a that's a hell of a curse, you know. What that he can't eat? Well, I can cook, but I can't eat. Yeah, yeah. Well, can, you, can he smell? You know, he's a stuffed monkey, so <laughs> he doesn't yeah. really know Jeez, the difference. <laughs> Fair enough. You know. Fair enough. He does. He doesn't even get hurt feelings. Well. Occasionally, when we're arguing, he gets <laughs> he, he gets a little out of shape, but usually that ends up on film. So, yeah, he played Donald Trump, little monkey. Really? I'm sorry we're talking about this on 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 a podcast because nobody nobody can see little monkey. No, but that's the thing is as we'll we'll put out like I said some videos of him and uh, I already took a picture of. No, him. he played uh, he did a couple of videos uh, playing Donald Trump. And it was it was actually brilliant. Yeah. It was actually brilliant. One one was called Trumpy in Hell, <laughs> and it was it was real dark. That was a dark. <laughs> um, but I needed a, a wig for him to wear. Oh yeah. And boy, it took me f- 15 seconds. I walked into the kitchen, and the first thing I pulled off the shelf was a box of Ritz crackers. <laughs> And so I, I clipped off the edges, uh, two edges of the Ritz cracker. So the big part went on his head, and then the two edges went on the sides like those yeah, little yeah. wings, right? <laughs> That's awesome. It was fucking hilarious. That's brilliant. It was very funny. And he, I mean, I mean, especially since it was a cracker on yeah. his head. That was that made it very very amusing. So nice levels to Yeah, he yeah. did he did one with his wall where he fell off his wall. Humpty, Humpty, oh, no. Trumpty sat on his wall. Right? Oh, Did the crackers break? Uh, well, it didn't matter after. Because <laughs> when we when we filmed over the wall, there was actually an egg lying down there, with, oh. and the shell had two little eyeballs drawn on it. Oh. So it was lying down there, all cracked and broken. Oh, I think you actually showed us that one. 
<laughs> uh, when we were up in the granary anyway. a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, so, that was hilarious. <laughs> so, anyway, moving on. Yes, moving on. Well, Dan, you know, suggested that you come on the podcast because apparently... Um, Don't put that evil on me. I'm, what? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Just trying to, to <laughs> get to the next part of the interview here, Dan. <laughs> Smoothly. He had to fuck that up. <laughs> anyway, um, but that like your theater career, your professional career has brought you in touch with some uh, interesting stories, interesting people. Oh, I, I, not, pass, not possible to go through what I just went through. Yeah. Without stories to tell. My God, it's it's just amazing. So can you? Can I'll tell you. you I'll yeah. tell you a good one. I'll tell you a good one now. Please do. Now people are going to have to sort of understand this, but I'll explain it as best I can. Mm-hmm. I spent many summers down at Peninsula Players. Yeah. Up here, right over there. And w- one summer, we did two plays by. A, a playwright who had just won the Pulitzer Prize. And he came to the theater to direct this second play that we did by him. His name was Paul Zindel, and he wrote he wrote a play called The Effect of Gamma Rays on Man in the Mood Marigolds. Okay. And that play won the Pulitzer Prize that year for drama. Cool. Okay. So this guy came, this was a big deal, you know, he's kind of a hotshot yeah. in the theater world. And so he came to the players to direct this other play that he wrote. And somehow we connected and we got to know each other. Well, he was only there for two weeks, mm-hmm. right? And so when he was leaving, he said, well, if you're ever in New York, he lived in Manhattan, and if you're ever there... Uh, look me up and I said okay that sounds cool I'll do that I think he liked me because I was at that time I sort of still am but at that time I was a real dyed in the world vagabond yeah (laughs) and he wasn't he was a he used to be a high school teacher now he's a Pulitzer Prize winning playwright right there you go but he's he I hitchhiked across this country many many times and so he was fascinated with that, and, and yeah, we got to know each other so, somehow. And he's a Pulitzer Prize-winning playwright, so I wanted to get to know him too, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, so I did. The very next year, I went to New York City. Now, there's a lot of details to this story, so I hope, hope you're ready. For, but this is, a, ready. this is, I'll get to the meaty part first. So I'm there for five days, and I stayed with him in his apartment. He'd have a 15th floor apartment, if anybody knows New York City, on the corner of 5th and Broadway down in Greenwich Village. And so from his kitchen window, there was a little tiny crack, and through that crack you could actually see the Statue of Liberty between the tall buildings, right? There was this little crack, and from that vantage point, you could look out there on a clear day and actually see the statue. Anyway... So one afternoon, he says to me, he says, uh, Stuart, I have uh, two tickets to a show at Carnegie Hall tonight. Would you like to go? <laughs> and I'm going, Carnegie Hall? Heck yeah. 
I don't care what the show is. Yeah. Heck yeah, whatever. Yeah. And I said, well, what is it? And he told me, I'd never heard of this person, so fine, whatever, Carnegie Hall. That'll be a cool experience. Sitting next to a Pulitzer Prize winning <laughs> playwright, are you kidding me? So, so yeah, we took a cab up there. And I'm, you know, I'm dressed like a slob <laughs> because I basically am. And I didn't have good clothes. He might have given me a jacket to wear, maybe. I don't even remember that. But anyway, so we go to Carnegie Hall, and of course, half the people in there know him. Yeah, we're all talking to him and stuff. And of course, they're probably looking at me like I'm his boyfriend or something. But <laughs> whatever, I don't care. Yeah, it's all good. So we went and sat down. We had twelve row seats in the center. <laughs> in the Carnegie Hall. And so I open up the, the, the program and I start reading about this woman who's performing tonight. And the, the bio in the program was fascinating. And I'm going, wow, this is what a, what a great history. I never heard of her before. And so this woman comes out in this giant feathered headdress and does this song and dance for, you know, a couple hours. She's celebrating her 50th anniversary in showbiz. She was 67 years old, and she was that's and she did this one-woman program that was wonderful. She sang a bunch of songs, mm -hmm. and a bunch of them were in French. I don't speak French, not much. <laughs> anyway, so, okay, so that was cool. That was cool. I saw this woman in Carnegie Hall with the Pulitzer Prize-winning playwright, and then we left, and a year and a half later, she died. Really? And it was international, huge news. It was on the national news every night. It was on the front page of the paper, Time magazine, everything you can think of. Wow. Right? Her name was Josephine Baker. Now, you have to know who Josephine Baker was. And a lot of people, it's too far gone now yeah, to remember that. Well, she was, she was a black woman from the States who got sick and tired of being dicked around. She, she, you know, she, would, she would perform in theaters, but the, the blacks had to sit up in the balcony and the mm -hmm. whites had all the good seats. Yep. And she was sick and tired of that crap. So she moved to France and became very famous with the Follies Bergère in France, doing, you know, doing song and dance. Mm -hmm. And she developed the, her own routine of, it was called a banana suit. And okay. she would go on stage topless. She, was all, she did this routine topless. And her, her waist, she, it was like a grass skirt, but they were all bananas. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. Fucking amazing. Absolutely yeah, amazing. And you so can find awesome. her on YouTube. Look her up because yeah. you can find these these d things she does on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Josephine Baker. Mm. And then you'll understand who I just saw on stage at Carnegie Hall. And with no and knowledge of her. Like, I didn't beforehand. know who she was. No, I never heard of her before. And my friends, when I said, oh my God, Josephine Baker, that's who I saw at Carnegie Hall. And they all freaked out because they all knew who she was. Oh, yeah. Right? They're, they're going like, wow, how cool that is. Yeah, well, that's awesome. So anyway, that was, that was that. That's probably my favorite theater story, is sitting next to a Pulitzer Prize winning playwright in Carnegie Hall watching Josephine Baker. Huge. That's huge. 
And it completely, I didn't plan it that way. No, no. no. Anyway. Oh, that's just that's how awesome. life goes. So am, I, am I popping my peas? <laughs> no, Maybe I'm too close to the mic. <laughs> it's no, okay. It anyway, good. anyway, so that same trip, I was wandering through Greenwich Village, and I came across the Village Gate Theater, and they were they had a show in there called Lemmings that was being performed. Okay. And Lemmings was something produced by a magazine called The National Lampoon. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I remember reading about it, and it was not an all-star cast, but it was, it was basically, supposedly it was a parody on Woodstock, the musical festival. All right. Right? And it was called Lemmings. And so I, <laughs> I thought, well, I'm going to go see this show. So I, it was, I remember it cost me $12 in New York City, but this was a long, long time ago, so, but then it was a lot of money, I'm going, $12. Pretty penny. God damn, I saw, I saw Emerson, Lake, and Palmer for $5. <laughs> anyway, so $12. I, so, so that night I went in, I was by myself, and I went in, sat down, and distinctly, I don't remember anything about the show at all, excepting this guy that came out and did this uh, imitation of Joe Cocker. Okay. And it was hilarious. It was it knocked me out of my seat. It was so funny. And at one point he went into such uh, grotesque spasms that he fell off the back of the stage. Oh, <laughs> no. oh gosh, it was just hysterical. It was just hysterical. It was so, really playing okay, the part. Okay, so I walked away going, well, there was at least something funny in that show. That was, everything else was, I didn't understand, but but anyway, so and then Two years later, I'm watching the first season of Saturday Night Live. Oh. And here comes this guy doing this imitation of Joe oh. Cocker, and it was John Belushi. Oh, and it was that, so I saw John oh, Belushi man. before he was well-known at That's the Village amazing. Gate Theater doing that. And, and then on Saturday Night Live, ultimately, they had the musical guest was Joe Cocker. <laughs> and Joe Cocker singing, and along comes Jim Belushi and does a Joe Cocker imitation right next to him, and it was too funny for words. I oh, mean, very, very, very funny stuff. Wow. So that's quite yeah. the trip to New York. City. Oh, I, it was my first trip into. I, it was my first trip in, into town, and you can't you can't beat that. No, I did I, I did other things while I was there, but that was that, yeah. those two. Those two things. And that comes to mind. I mean, theater stories, I abound. Yeah. I have hundreds yeah. of them. Yeah, you... I had, I had martini with Don Knotts once at a bar. <laughs> really? Barney <laughs> Fife. I sat right next to Barney Fife at a bar. <laughs> had a martini with him. He wanted to talk about golf, and I don't play golf. <laughs> so that was a short conversation. Then. It was not a great conversation. But it was nice. He's a friendly guy. He was, yeah. was a nice guy. So... I worked a show with him, and that's how I, yeah, you know, yeah. we ended up at the bar together and talking about golf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's just awesome. Oh, I got a ton of stories like that. I yeah. ate, a, ate, ate a Ritz cracker with Linda Ronstadt one night. Like the same <laughs> Ritz cracker? Or? No, no, no. She had, <laughs> she had cheese on hers. I had mine plain. Uh, okay. oh, like Cheese Whiz or like? No, nice, just a nice chunk cheddar. of cheese yeah, and okay. uh, whatever cheddar, <laughs> cheddar. <probably. laughs> I like that. That's the story. It's and just, you we know, just had a cracker know, together. I, I, I never knew exactly how to break the ice with stars. You know, big, big shots. 
what do you say to, you know, you want to have a chat, you want to chat, but... They're just people, right? I looked right into her eyes, and I should have asked her out right then and there, but I didn't. <laughs> but I didn't. So you, you, you lose. Sometimes you just walk away and you, 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 you into the rest of your life regretting oh, something. Yeah. But anyway. What could have been. What yes. could have been. Yes. Anyway. It's a lesson for the, the youngins out there, you know. Shoot your shot while you, while you can. <laughs> sure, Linda Ronset might turn you down, but at least you'll know. Right. Yeah, I said something like, I said something like, you know, I like what you do. <laughs> <laughs> yep. but that is perfect when you're like starstruck like that. You don't know. It's true. Well, you I really also, don't know what to do. I also had a Ritz cracker in my mouth. So <laughs> I was all, I was all dry mouthed. I couldn't, you know. Spitting cracker mm. all over the place. Now, here's, a, here's <laughs> one for you. This is, this is a good one. I worked at the concert hall at the, when I was at the university. That was my work study job, and so and we and back then we had all kinds of famous people coming in, all kinds of mm-hmm. pretty well-known people. I tried to escort Randy Newman out of the theater one night. <laughs> yes. Um, so how did that happen? Uh, that was that. Well, I turned around. <laughs> I was on stage in the wings, and I turned around, and there was this stranger standing there, and. I didn't know who he was, and he didn't have a backstage pass. <laughs> so I, so I said, "Can I help you with something?" He was the, he was on the starring bill for the night, and I, I said, "I said, can I help you with something?" And he said, "No." <laughs> and I, and then I grabbed his shoulder, and I was going to start leading him back to the green room and <laughs> off the stage. I didn't know what he was doing out there, and then he stopped me, and he said, "Well, I'm, I'm supposed to be playing out there." in a few minutes. I, he had, I hadn't seen him all day. I mean, he yeah, hadn't yeah. shown up, so I didn't know who he was, and I really didn't know what he looked like. Yeah, and it's dark backstage. And it's dark. Yeah, People can't right. see it, but when... And he didn't have a backstage pass. When Stuart <laughs> delivered that line, he rolled his anyway, eyes. Anyway, like. he, 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 he was very he graceful crazy. and gracious and didn't try to get me fired. Um, uh, what was the other one? The other one was... Now I've now lost it. Anyway, oh, oh, the same, the same venue, the concert hall. Uh, we had Taj Mahal oh, one yeah. night. Okay, totally great. I, I'm trying not to use that word too often, but it, totally fucking great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so after the show, you know, after the show, the audience is gone, and my job that night was to lock up the hall, you know, to make the rounds and make sure everything's tight. Locked up, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm the last one out. Anyway, so I'm sitting in the green room, just sitting there, you know. And the bell rings, and I go to the door, and there's this guy out there with all this food. He's got plates, big platters of food, and gallons of wine and beer. And he says, "This is for." Uh, and he looks at the thing. He goes, "Taj Mahal." And I'm going, yeah, okay, well, back there, I'm going, it's kind of late to be catering right now, <laughs> but that's what they wanted was all this stuff for after the performance. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it, this guy takes all this stuff back into the dressing rooms. And so now I'm, now I'm going, well, hmm, wonder how long they're going to be doing that. And I'm sitting, I'm sitting out in the green room, and Taj Mahal comes out, 
of the dressing room, and he looks at me and says, what the hell are you doing out here by yourself? And I said, well, I'm supposed to lock the place up when you guys leave. And he goes, oh, we're not leaving. <laughs> Why don't you come back here and have a beer? Hell yeah. Well, I'm clocked in, you know, I'm clocked in, and I'm going, well, can't beat this. <laughs> Go back and party with Taj Mahal until what, whatever, and make money doing it? Yeah. So I, that's what I did. I spent a couple hours back there with the band and Taj having and totally fun, totally fun yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, right? that's amazing. And then the next day, uh, technical director my boss is looking at time cards <laughs> <laughs> and he goes Stuart what'd you do pass out here at 3 o'clock in the morning what'd you do and I said no uh, they didn't leave so I had to stay right I, had, I couldn't just throw the talent out of the theater could I and he says well next time you want a party with Taj Mahal you uh, clock out first <laughs> hey I'd say that's part of the job. Like if Taj Mahal wants you job. to party I with I figured him. it was part of the job. Yeah. I, that's what I thought. <laughs> right. I can't just tell them the to talent. leave. Uh-huh. Yeah. I was only I was only twenty and years old. It, you know, I can't just tell the talent talent to leave. It's like if you clock out and then you party with them and forget to lock up. Whose fault is it? You're still on the clock to lock that place up. Well, right. theoretically, I was probably supposed to clock back in for 10 minutes while I checked all the doors. <laughs> I don't Fair know. enough. I don't Fair know. Enough. Yeah, right. So, yeah, there's tons. Of, I have tons of stories like that. It was, <laughs> you know, can't you can't spend a lifetime in the business. Yeah, without. Yeah, right. Coming across crazy people like that. <laughs> you eventually, yeah, well, it's. It's filled with I got crazy to carry people. My, probably my, probably my f- most favorite thing that I ever got to do was carry Ry Cooter's mandolin out on stage for him. Oh, Ooh, sweet. Put it in a little stand. He was drunk as a skunk. <laughs> <laughs> and I, he's already my hero. Way back then, he was already my musical hero. And I, I said, uh, I'm saying to myself, what, you know, God, he's drunk. How is he going to go out there and play? He went out there and sat down for two and a half just hours without a break. Yep. It just mm-hmm. killed it. Yeah. Just killed it. Fantastic. Some it, people just have that in them, you know. And I just saw Ray Cooter in concert uh, about three years ago in Albuquerque. Hmm. Blew me away. Finest, easily the finest concert I've ever seen. Wow. And that's not just because I'm a big Ray Cooter fan. He he nailed it, and he's seventy three or seventy four, still seen, kicking ass. Oh yeah, I, I imagine you've seen plenty of concerts in your day, and plenty oh, of really tons, great ones. Tons. So that's saying something. <laughs> tons. Wow. What's what's some of the bands you've seen? You really want me to date myself? Well, of course, I've, <laughs> I've pretty much already dated myself. All you have to do is the math. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Well, I I have hearing loss in my <laughs> right ear because of Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Love that band. <laughs> they were doing brain salad surgery tour. Nice. And it was so <laughs> fucking loud. Everybody was screaming and holding their ears and falling over and it was incredible. It was Whoa. they had quadrifying. It was in a basketball arena, big basketball arena. Right? Yeah. And they had 
quadraphonic sounds, so they had these big speaker clusters in each corner of Jeez. the of the stadium up yeah. above, yeah, and then yeah. this wall of sound on the uh-huh. stage itself. It and so, you're, I was sitting in the bleachers, over on the you know they were over to my right, and they did some effects where you could literally hear the sound go through these two speakers and then cross the room and every and when it crossed the room on the other side of the stadium you could see everybody in the stands <laughs> right, holding their ears and and then it would you could see, literally it was so loud you could see the sound moving through the room and Jesus. then you knew it was coming towards you it was like the wave at Lambeau right yeah, yeah, yeah. but this was sound and then it would cross and it would just drill a hole right through your head as it went from speaker to speaker oh, it was it was insane and I said at that point I said I'm I'm never I'm never going to a loud concert again I had humming in my ear for three days after that yeah that's what was the next band you saw after that Arlo Guthrie. <laughs> Good choice, man. Yeah, right? No, after that, that was that, that was, was it. it. Uh, no more loud concerts. I saw before them, I saw Alice Cooper, I saw Zeppelin, yeah. I saw, I saw Yes, saw, well, and then the list goes on and on and on. Yeah, the yeah, Turtles, yeah. Herman's Hermits, <laughs> ton of stuff. Ton That's of awesome. stuff. The animals. That was a good oh. concert. Oh, oh yeah, Eric Burden. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Very cool. So, yep. Went to them all. That's what I had to do. <laughs> so, do, you, do should I tell the story about the dead concert? The thing. If you want to, yeah. You don't. You don't. You haven't heard that story. I'm. I'm pretty sure I might have heard. You it. You might have heard. I it. don't know if Frank has heard. I don't. Well, I no, Frank hasn't heard it. But so, so. I was not a dead head mm-hmm. back then. And I was going to school at New Mexico State down in Las Cruces and hating it. For the most part, I was hating it. You know, I did psychological things to get by. Okay. That's a different story yeah. altogether. Yeah. But Survival. So, yes. so, <laughs> so my friend Sam from Albuquerque calls me up and says, uh, I got con- tickets to the dead concert. You want to go? And I said, well, I could use a break. So I hitchhiked up to Albuquerque. And we went in, and the, the new writers of the Purple Stage were opening. Okay. Okay, they were touring. At that time, it was common that they toured together. So they opened, and they were playing. And being a, you know, a fledgling theater person, I thought they had the sound control on a table in the back of the floor of the auditorium. So I thought I'd wander back there and just see what they were doing, see, you know, look at their equipment. They had this mixer with these great big black knobs on it. It was really primitive, very oh, yeah. primitive thing. So I'm standing right there, and there's this hippie dude standing right next to me at the end of the table. And, you know, back then it was, you, it was just, it was common courtesy to light up a joint if you're standing next to <laughs> sure, a stranger, sure. right? Beautiful. So I pulled a joint out of my pocket and lit it up, handed it to this guy, and he handed it to the sound people. 
And so I, I thought, well, he must know those guys. And they, so we passed it back and forth. And then I put the roach in my pocket when we were done, went back and sat down with my friends. And about half an hour later, Dead comes up on stage and starts playing. And I'm going, I'm going, wow, I just smoked a joint with that guy up there. And my, my friend Sam says, what guy? And I said, that guy playing lead guitar. And Sam goes, that's Jerry Garcia. And I'm going, hey, get out of here. No kidding. Get no kidding. Get out. No way. So, so I actually, that's one of my claims to fame. I actually oh, smoked shit. a joint with Jerry Garcia and didn't even know who he was. That's, that's fucking awesome. I should have said, I went home and smoked the roach, you know, later. <laughs> I yeah. should have saved, saved it. That, that is DNA on it. Yeah. <laughs> he could have cloned him, man. Could have cloned Jerry Garcia. Uh, that's oh also God. just cool to know that like, he, he didn't tell you who he was or nothing. No, well, there like, was a band was playing, and we couldn't really talk. Yeah. yeah. You know? I would have said something really dumb, like, well, you know, I, I don't really care for the Grateful Dead, and I don't really <laughs> listen to them. Just want to see what you <laughs> well, guys are doing with the well, sound. I got a free ticket. <laughs> <laughs> No, so are you a luckily, deadhead now? Luckily, we couldn't. Oh, I love them. Yeah. yeah, I love them. I've seen them five times in concert since then. Yeah. And they don't play loud. They're not loud. No. They're not a loud band like that. Yeah. They don't need to be. Like like that. You know, that was novelty. That To be that loud was novel. And yeah. most most good musicians don't have any need to play that loud. I don't think they had the health and safety regulations back then that they do now for oh most God, large it venues. Was, it was incredible. I thought yes, I thought yes was going to be really loud, and I thought Zeppelin would would be loud, but yeah. they weren't so bad. It was they just, just sounded, it was that quadraphonic really sound system ELP that, that ELP was using that just decided just to go on tour out. and try to rip everybody's were, eardrums out. Or were they one of the first bands to use that? System? Yeah, well, I don't know who who recorded Quadrophenia. Yeah, but I don't know what kind of systems they were using. The Who probably they were so they were so they were such uh, bad boys that they <laughs> probably wanted to be really loud. But I never saw them. So oh yeah, I, I was going to ask you that because I've I've heard notoriously that their shows were pretty loud. Yeah, yeah, not shocking yeah. at all. By the way, <laughs> I saw Eric Clapton in concert once uh, with Cream. Mm. And that's the only time I've ever seen Clapton. He's another hero, you know, guitar mm -hmm. hero. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And and that was one of the most unmemorable concerts I've ever been to. <laughs> oh, really? I don't remember anything about it. Of course, I was probably oh. I was probably completely ripped, yeah. <laughs> stoned, you know. Yeah. But but anyway. Yeah, I think my my first concert, big big show ever. My dad took me and my friend James to go see Crosby, Stills, Nash. Oh, nice, nice. Yep, in uh, two thousand, the Stand and Be Counted tour. That was a, that was pretty awesome. I saw, I saw Neil yeah. Young in concert, but I he was in concert with Linda Ronstadt, actually, and I wasn't part of the crew at all. I bought tickets, but I ended up playing they it was also in the basketball arena and they sold me a ticket behind the stage mm. so i watched oh. that whole show from behind the stage oh, that's cool. it wasn't wasn't very no it wasn't cool at all. <laughs> no it was, no it was awful couldn't see i couldn't see his face oh, i couldn't hardly hear yeah. it and all the sound was going the other direction yeah 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 i don't know about that so that that's that's ticket. my claim to uh neil young that's all that's <laughs> all i got out of neil young 
Is, was that the same night as the Ritz Cracker with Linda Ronstadt? No, 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 no. I <laughs> actually, I actually worked in the theater where she oh, was okay. that night. So we were both in the green room. Okay. Having, you know, they catered that concert at the right time. <laughs> so, <laughs> during the during the break. I, don't know, I think it was catered pretty good timing for Taj Mahal because you got to. Here's a little addendum to that to that Linda Ronstadt thing. She was having her Ritz cracker by herself, and I noticed that. So I jumped at the chance and went over there and grabbed myself. That's why mine was plain, because I didn't have any time to put anything on it. <laughs> no, I didn't know what to say to her, so I just put the Ritz cracker in my mouth. But <laughs> I like Ritz crackers, it, yeah. too. Make, and I, <laughs> and then I said, I said something like, I, you know, I like what you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and she know. said thank you. Yep. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's very nice of you. The you next know. time she was in that theater, she got really, really angry and threw a beer bottle against the green one room wall and <laughs> smashed the beer bottle against the wall. I wasn't there, so I didn't see this, but I came in after the fact and they had framed the broken glass chips that were on the wall. They, they put a frame up there where oh, the beautiful. bottle hit the wall. Oh, you know, everybody great. has a bad day, so it's, I don't know, yeah. no big deal. That's, that's a good way of taking it, though, framing it. And I'll it. tell you what, her, I'll tell you what, her voice just got better. Just like Bonnie Raitt, her voice oh, got good. better and better and better as time went on. Mm-hmm. And she was gorgeous. She just had a... Have you ever heard those records by uh, Linda Ronstadt and Dolly Parton and Emmy Lou Harris. They're called Trio, and I think there's two of them at least. Uh, I don't and know if I have, but that just, sounds amazing. Just fantastic. It totally, three part harmonies with those three. It oh, was yeah. just fantastic. I mean, fantastic. Yeah. Dolly. I have my fair share of Dolly and Emmy Lou Harris vinyl, but I don't yeah. know if I have any Linda Ronstadt yet, so I'll have to look into Trio. Cause oh, that no, that's, those are great records. Those are a couple great records. Yeah. Country, it's real, yeah. but it's good kind of country. It's the real kind of country. <laughs> yeah, what's your favorite right? favorite country? What's my favorite country? Favorite country band. Well, that's really, Songwriter. really. That's see, mm-hmm. now you caught me there. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh, boy, no, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I probably have one. I probably have one, but you know, Ry Cooter does that kind of thing mm-hmm. occasionally. Mm-hmm. So I just I come back to him all the time because yeah. he's done it all. Yeah. Well, like country and, and folk music can overlap. Yeah, so that's, you know, that's one, you know, as far as okay, let's let's let me go back a minute. Yeah. And when you say who's my favorite country band, well, then I'm gonna I'm gonna probably say something like the the, the nitty gritty dirt band. Okay, yeah, yeah. you know they're pretty. Good, uh, well, yeah. first of all, they recorded uh, uh, "Will the Circle Be Unbroken." Yeah, and that was a phenomenal record. Mm-hmm. That's way up there. That might be in my top ten favorite records. Ooh. That's a tight list yeah, to get on, man. That's a, it was a three album set, and they played with all these old time Grand Ole Opry stars, yeah. Mother Mabel Carter and Roy Acuff and oh, people yeah. like that. Yeah, and to get those people in the studio with a bunch of hippie kids <laughs> was a, just a fantastic uh, uh, melding of of talent well you can thank mm-hmm. willie and nelson for all that yeah. well he <laughs> right, did it right? i mean he did it too and he kept doing it oh well, yeah i mean he kind of merged that uh, i mean it, him and Waylon and that whole scene they 
kind of forced Nashville to accept the kind of hippie attitude. Well, you can't, and, and my gosh, Willie is a national treasure. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. So you can't, you, you can't deny that sort of thing. No. It, so, yeah. but, you know, I like Willie Nelson, but as far as a country star, I can't say that, I don't know who I would, I don't know who I would pick. That's a tough one. Dolly, I like Dolly a lot. Dolly's classic, man. She well, she's so an amazing good, person. Man. She's yeah. just an amazing person. She was on Johnny Carson one night. And, you know, the camera's on both of them. But, like, from this angle, here's Dolly and here's Johnny, okay? And Johnny is, you can tell what he's looking at. He's not looking. At her. <laughs> he's, he's not looking in her eyes, right? No, no. Well, and that, she, oh, that's a distracting she saw it, She saw it right away. Girls know that. Oh yeah. If you're yeah. if if you're staring at their boobs, you know, then they don't want to talk to you anymore. You know, it's like well, unless eh. they like when you're well, staring at their boobs. He's not thinking about the conversation. Yeah. And so she's, and then so she just changes the subject right away, and she says, she says, well, I know I was born very well endowed. And but you know, I I got liberated once and I burned my bra, and they had to call the fire department to put out the fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean her personality. She's amazing. Very funny. Yeah, but you know? th- that was kind of the brilliance of her though, because she she's such an intelligent person. She knew that like that's an asset that people to. To attention, you know, like to Boy, to would, fame. She's and, only five feet tall. You know, I would find them totally she, cumbersome. <laughs> anyway, in a, in a in a world that was, you know, it was a lot harder for women to to get ahead, you know, back then too. Especially, you know, an independent person like Dolly Parton, you know. Well, the other one, it's, it's just it's fascinating. The, the like, young one that comes to mind now is uh, Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. She's a savvy girl. She's she'll do just as well as Dolly Parton. You think so? I think, I think she's pretty. I mean, I think she's pretty smart. You can't you can't argue with the record sales and all. And all well, that. no, the records. I don't, the, I don't you, really follow her too much. Uh, I, I, I think say, I think her business. Sense yeah, her business. Is, yeah. I think yeah. she's a savvy. Yeah. I think she's a pretty savvy person. You could say yeah. the same thing about Miley Cyrus, who is actually Dolly Parton's goddaughter. Oh, really? I don't know well, if you knew that. I never knew that. Yeah, so they've like sung oh, a, uh, sung a bunch together and. Miley Cyrus is a, actually a fucking great version of Jolene mm-hmm. uh, in that really? backyard sessions well, on YouTube. You know, she's she, really she's really coming. Well, she's and you, you know her pop music. You can take it or leave it. Right, I'm right, just saying right. there you, you, yeah. there's evidence out there that she's truly well, quite they're, talented. They're all super talented. Yeah. You know, the like first time I heard White Stripes, <laughs> yeah, oh, I just couldn't stand that. It was just it was just banging, and <laughs> I'm going. Th- th- how did this person get a contract with a recording company when he has no idea how to play the guitar he's just banging on it with a hammer and it just sounded awful to me and i'm going well so much for that won't be listening to them anymore but then i you know i started to hear uh, jack white doing other stuff Mm -hmm. that actually i'm oh what the heck is that that's cool and, uh, you know, I, I changed. I got better. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, in, in the White Stripes, especially early White Stripes, it's like that was a garage band kind of. That was oh, their was whole so harsh. thing. Here's a good one about harsh music, since we're talking about music. My son was 13 years old, and I walked into the living room one night, 
and there was just this horrible sound. There's just this horrible grating music. I just come in from work. It's like, oh God, I don't want to listen to that. <laughs> so I asked my <laughs> wife, what, what, what the hell is that? And she says, now don't make a big deal out of it until you know. And it was so awful. And I'm, so I picked up the, the CD cover and it, right, there was a big sticker right on it that said uh, adult supervision or whatever. Parental you know? advisory. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right, right. <laughs> And so I'm going, oh, yeah, so you didn't see this on here? He's only 13. What, what is this? What kind of awful stuff is this? I mean, I'm a big Frank Zappa fan. Yeah. So, and I live, not when I was 13, but, I, but you know. Yeah. Anyway, so, and I'm not going to be my father and tell my son what's awful that he's listening to. Yeah. My father didn't like Jimi Hendrix. That's okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's the way Hendrix it is. Hendrix is a little different. That was the, that's the way he grew up. So with. anyway, this uh, turned out to be a, a band called System of the Down, oh. System of a Down, and and Lynn, my wife, insisted that I read the lyrics, and I read the lyrics, and I'm going, "This is okay. Yeah. I don't. I, this is yeah. okay. It's good stuff. It's everything I'm squawking about all the time." Yeah. yeah. So uh, if he wants to listen to that, I mean, it's not very good music. I didn't think it was, it was so discordant and loud and banging that I, that's not my style at all. There was definitely a time. I mean, that, that's like when when I was coming of age and getting into music, like that was kind of that was the cool thing, like new metal they called it or whatever. Yeah, they were. Uh, that was like corn and yep. like system of a down. System of the down. Yeah. Luckily, Papa luckily, Benjamin never listened to corn. Yeah, you weren't a fan of corn. <laughs> huh? I had that follow the leader album. I had all that shit. Yeah. Lip biscuit, Kid Rock. They're cool, man. You know. I would say uh, they said they said fuck on the record. And we're twelve years old. <laughs> well, the fuck cool, the fugs <laughs> did that way back in the early sixties. Well, yeah. They actually said yeah. that on our record. It wasn't. It wasn't about the profanity for me, though. Um, but like the first two corn records, I think the self-titled and is it Life Is Peachy? I think is the yeah, second I think one. So. Those albums were actually pretty good. They had some really cool uh, musical things that they did on those albums that were were, were notable. Well, here's, and it made them stand out from okay, everybody okay, else. Okay, here's here's another one that's kind of fun. Uh, I I collect. DVDs, when I see something that looks pretty interesting, I try to get a copy of it. And I got a copy of this DVD called the 25th Anniversary Concert of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. And it was done for, I think, over three nights in Madison Square Garden, right? And so I'm watching it, and Metallica is on there, Simon and Garfunkel on there. There's a whole yeah. array, a, array of different people. And so at one point, uh, Bruce Springsteen comes out. I'm not a huge Bruce Springsteen fan. I like him. I like his style, and I like his philosophies, and I like his philanthropies, and I like, you know, and his music is good rock and roll. It's all yeah. right, but it's, not, it's just not up there with my favorite stuff. Yeah. So anyway, Fair I'm enough. watching. He comes out and starts doing a, a, a Pete Seeger song. Yeah, he did a whole record. And, of, I, and uh, I don't remember what... The, I think it was The Ghost of Tom Joad. I think it was called The Ghost of Tom Joad. Okay, so he starts this song, and this other guy comes out 
to play with him. And does this, and they go into this, just this glorious rock crescendo towards the end of the song. And this guy's doing this, this solo uh, guitar thing. And he, it's very gimmicky, but it's really good. Mm-hmm. You know, very showy. Yeah. And so I was so impressed with that. And uh, so, so I called Benjamin on the phone. I said, you got to see this guy. you got to see this guy. He says, who is he? And I said, I don't know. His name is Tom Morello. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't, know, I didn't know who he was. And he said, oh, yeah, that's the that's lead singer for, uh, for Rage Against the Machine. And I'm going, <laughs> oh, God, I heard them once. And I just couldn't stand that shit. I mean, it's, 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 good, it's good social messaging, but it's just so hard to listen to yeah it's almost it's almost kind of the same as the way you're describing how you feel about springsteen where you, you agree with with everything yeah, they're yeah, about but you yeah. just don't like yeah their right sound. right anyway then like so so you know the twain meets here mm-hmm. me and my son you know I, i'm going and dad that's tom rollo <laughs> yeah i mean the man <laughs> so what what, what do i know <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and it happened. It actually happened again. He liked, he, he, well, at one point, he really liked System of a Down. In fact, yeah. for his birthday, I even bought him a System of the Down record. I, wouldn't, I didn't want to listen to it, but, you know, anyway. I love that band. Anyway. Uh, okay, where was I? Mm. Uh, I digress. Let me, let me digress. Maybe I'll change the subject. It's nice weather we're having, huh? Yeah, it's supposed to rain later, though. Yeah. Uh, oh, there's there's a guy named Jonathan Elias, who writes who writes composes music, mm-hmm. and the first thing I heard by him was a, just an absolutely gorgeous piece called the Prayer Cycle, and it's a one hour long, nine part choral symphony. Okay. Okay, and. Part of the chorus is people like Alanis Morissette, James Taylor, no and, way. and towards the end of the record, there's just this gorgeous number in Spanish by Linda Ronstadt. Okay. So it's all part weaved into this musical story called the Prayer Cycle, and it's very. I don't think you were up in the barn, but I started to play some of it when oh. David was up there with his system. Oh. I started to play some mm-hmm. of it, but that's not what people wanted to listen to, so <laughs> they took it off. But anyway, anyway, uh, Jonathan Elias, the composer, did this other album called Path to Zero, and it's, it's a piece that the theme is about the atomic bomb. Okay. And, and uh, uh, there's, there's a part. There's a part by, and I can't remember his last name, Jonathan can't remember his last name who's with corn oh so oh, jonathan davis davis okay yeah. so he he does a little part in there a vocal part that's pretty harsh yeah pretty <laughs> harsh yeah but the other guy and i can't even pronounce his name who's the lead singer for system of a down is also on that record uh, it's surge 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 talk cannon or something like that anyway anyway so i'm listening to all this newer music and it's for me new newer music is a little bit hard to find mm-hmm. because most new music is crap 
most me, me, new music, I know, I know, I'm. There's so much I haven't listened to, so oh, I get yeah, it. I get it. That's but, how it goes. But uh, you know, I watched the Grammys this year, and oh my God, it was just like. Oh. Uh, that's not what you're looking for. <laughs> Yikes! And I'll give well, you. Well, I watch I watch the Grammys every year because I want to see what's up. Yeah, and yeah. those two, those two women that got up there and did that wiggle thing. <laughs> that wiggle with, those, with those long fingernails it was just and then and then I find out it wins a Grammy and do you know what I'm talking about it's called I WAP no idea what yeah, the song is called WAP you know what that stands for I looked for. it up I looked it up do you want me to say it on yeah, your it stands broadcast? for wet ass pussy wet ass pussy that's what it stands for and that won a Grammy for something and it was these two fat women on stage with, with long fingernails wiggling their butts and I'm going that's just not music <laughs> Dude, I mean, that is one of the most popular songs in the nation. How right weird. Now. How weird. What has happened to us? I don't know. I just, I don't think any of these people that live at Camp David uh, would would uh, like that, would they? You might is be there wrong. Anybody, uh, really? Is there anybody no out there that would like that stuff? I don't know, man. As, as somebody who's in the bar rooms at, at late nights, that, that people pay good money to hear that song on the jukebox. Rap. Yeah, you know what's the most fucked up part about that song is they did a kids bop version. <laughs> oh no, really? Yeah, and I, I forget. Oh, I wish. Wow. Okay, what is... does bop stand for then? Bad, bad, something pussy. <laughs> <laughs> what does bop stand for? <laughs> bad, yeah, what's what's the O? <laughs> oh man. Anyway, but yeah, no, I totally get that. But that's where like with. When I know I looked funny when you were like, I don't like any new music because that's not the stuff you're going to see on the Grammys for the most part. A couple of years ago, they had Sturgill Simpson on there, which was pretty cool. You know, I saw Lamar, uh, uh, the rap guy, um, Kendrick Lamar, Kendrick Lamar, um, on the Grammys one night. And I actually, he didn't, Dude, he did a little bit of rap good. during the song. He mm -hmm. did some rap, but it was other stuff was just plain rock and roll. And yeah. It was pretty cool. Actually. No, there's I, actually a lot I of liked cool what he did. hip hop so, out right now. I but, know, I know, I'm missing something. I yeah. know, I must be missing something. Well, You're you just know. seeing the tip of the iceberg. There's lots of good music, out there. especially in the hip hop scene, which is what might fall under like the whole Bruce Springsteen "Rage Against the Machine," where maybe it's not the sound that you're looking for, but like, there, the message of the '60s and '70s is alive and well. Rap, um, rap, disco. Those, those I can easily leave behind. Yeah. Mm. They won't be on my... They'll be... Some of that stuff will be on my... Well, I call it my fuck it list. I hope <laughs> I can say that. You can say I have, a, you I have a fuck it list. That I, when I started making my bucket list, it was too small. <laughs> so then I started making my unbucket list, which was all the things that, that you will never see me doing. You'll never see me climbing Mount Everest. <laughs> nope. You'll never see me rock facing, you know, El Capitan with or without a rope. You'll <laughs> never see me. There's a lot of things you'll never see me doing. Yeah, won't the first ever, two that you won't just ever make it to the just... north or the south pole. You know, it's easy so, to accomplish. But, so my unbucket list is incredibly long. It's yeah. just, it's just volumes of stuff that I will not ever be doing. I, I I'm kind of inspired. I have no by desire that. to do yeah, anything. It's a good idea. I want to write my unbucket list. But then I came list. up. Then I came up. <laughs> then I came up with my bucket list, oh. and my bucket list is all the stuff in my lifetime 
that I've absolutely despised. <laughs> you know, like Donald Trump is on my fuck it list. And my sinuses are on my fuck it list. Yeah, and my back, my back mm-hmm. pain is on my fuck it yeah, list. Dan, how about and that? So, yeah, yeah. And so when I'm, when I'm lying in bed going, <laughs> and everybody's looking at me funny and holding my hands and stuff, <laughs> I can look at my fuck it list and I go, with a pencil, I can just sit there and go, well, won't miss that. <laughs> I won't miss that. Awesome. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. What a way to go, huh? Yeah. yeah. No, that's, all, all that's the actually, shit that you hated in your life will be gone. That's, <laughs> a good, that's, that's And it's a good perspective thing. Like, why why worry about the stuff you're going to miss? Worry about the stuff you're not going to miss. And then like, my wait. last breath, my last breath will be, you know, ah, oh, fuck it. <laughs> kind of feels like we should uh, stop the podcast right there. Yeah. <laughs> just, ah, fuck it. That's a good spot to end. Yeah, should we just... End it like that, or do you want to have a little monkey? You know, I, you know, yeah. I could, I could go on for the next three days. Yeah, well, we easily. Would, we'd love uh, to have you on again. The little monkey's been very patient. Yeah, he really has, and and yeah. hopefully, by, by the next time, or I mean, or, he or the time he after could that, do a, on, but without do the a video. without the without the video, <laughs> it's it, it loses a lot. Yeah, know? like I said, that's something I mean, we have on our bucket list. Not fuck it. Yeah, list. Yeah. We want to get some video going, and that would be. Really cool to have you and Little Monkey back when, when we do that. Fun. Yeah. Thank you for doing this. Okay. Yeah, thanks, Stuart. All good. We'll see you all later. Yep. <laughs>